It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Kevin Sharkey here. If you love my paintings as much as I do and you'd like to see my new collection, please go to kevinsharkeyart.com or Merrion Square every Sunday, weather permitting. And from the 1st of June, the Sharkey Gallery in New Street Mall, Malahide, will be open seven days a week. For more information, see kevinsharkeyart.com. We accept Bitcoin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Points, Planet F1 podcast. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty happy episode today because, uh, well, Michelle, we uh, we got some good news, didn't we? Because F1 is finally returning. Yep, three months after Australia should have taken place, but was called off at the very last minute, we finally have news that the season will be starting for definite, and it will be starting in July, so just over a month's time. I think it's 32 days to be precise till we get our first uh, green flag. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not too far off, given how long we've waited for it. It's uh, Yeah, I guess I could do a month more. But, um, yeah, what, what do you think about the, the decision to... Um, to have Formula One back in July, you know, I mean, obviously, there's still a global pandemic going on, but it's uh, slowing down in Europe, at least. So, um, yeah, do you do you think uh, do you think it's a good decision, or do you think it's maybe still a bit hasty? Yeah, one's kind of torn over this. Um, there are fears of there being a second wave of this virus, in which case that would be well, that would be dreadful for the world. Never mind just for Formula One, but slowly but surely, sporting events around the world. Are beginning. I think NASCAR is now five races into its post-lockdown season, um, and similar to what Formula One is doing with a double header in Austria and a double header in Silverstone, NASCAR did the same. So all the drivers and the teams were together over a, over a period of time, um, and just yeah, limiting their their exposure to the outside world, so to speak. It's uh, yeah, I think it's great. I'm really looking forward to the season beginning. I think Formula One bosses are doing everything they can to make sure that it does begin safely. Uh, teams will be limited. I think it's to 80 personnel. Drivers won't be allowed to have massive champagne celebrations in order to to limit social well to maximize social distancing. 
Um, and the teams as well are going to be told that they need to stick to their own their own crew, so to speak. So, yeah, Formula One's doing what it can. They'll also be testing every 48 hours. So here's hoping the season does get underway as they have set it out. Um, and here's hoping it's a safe one. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's definitely got to be the most important thing. Um, well, I'll just read through what we've got in terms of the calendar quickly. So it uh, starts, yeah, July 3rd. Um, in a double header with the the Red Bull ring in Austria. Then we move on to Hungary uh, a week after the second race in Austria. Then Silverstone after that, a double header there. Then we've got the um, go to Barcelona, then Spa, and then Monza. So that's the first uh, first eight races accounted for. Um, obviously, it's I mean completely different to anything uh, we've ever seen before in that you've got twice. Um, two back-to-back races at the same track. Uh, that's obviously the big kind of standout from the calendar. I guess it's largely a necessity because you need to stay in Europe at the moment, so get as many races as you can in. What do you think about the double headers? Do you think there's a concern that the second race is just going to be really, really dull for people if it's exactly the same as the first? No, I'm hoping it'll be an interesting one where the drivers can learn learn their lessons for anybody who makes a mistake in the first one, um, and hopefully come back stronger. You know, maybe maybe even have a case of someone from the midfield actually like finally getting it right um, and challenging the top. The well, I wouldn't quite say maybe the top three, but challenging for a stronger finish than normal. It does, however, have the ability to be. To be a bit boring, I mean, like you say, it's the same track. They're going in the same same order. You would think that for Austria, for example, uh, Red Bull have won the previous two editions of that with Max Verstappen. So they'll be going into that race as the favorites. But like Mercedes's car is looking really good. We're not quite sure where Ferrari is. So I'm expecting at least the two Austrian races to actually be really, really good humdingers. Uh, you'll also have a lot of drivers who are just chomping at the bits to get going, and that could lead to carnage at the start of the races, or even at the end of the races. Who knows with these chaps? So yeah, it could be it could be an interesting one. It could also be a dull one though. We're not going to know. I mean, Formula One's never had a double header before, and now we've got two of them on the market. Yeah, it's uh, it's new territory, and well, we'll get onto it in a bit in uh, you know the ways in which they could maybe make it more entertaining but um i don't know i do think i'm just glad that double headers happen to be austrian silverstone because they're two of the tracks that do produce you know the some of the better races you know i mean silverstone's obviously a classic and um rarely disappoints and then you've got the red bull ring which has produced the best some of the best races of the season in the last few years you know um uh, I'm sure it won't be the same without the legions of Max Verstappen fans in the stand, but um, you know, I, you know, last year, you, you know, if you look at the race, it was Verstappen overtaking Leclerc for the win pretty late on, and uh, so yeah, I think the fact that the two back-to-back races are generally good races, it um, yeah, it definitely helps. Moving on to the racing, obviously, we've read a lot of quotes from drivers saying, you know, that they think they'll be rusty. Other drivers think they won't be. It'll be fine. Um, what do you expect to see? Do you think it's going to be an issue for drivers that they've gone so long without driving an actual F1 car? 
You know, on the one hand, you want to say these guys are professionals, uh, so it shouldn't be an issue. Many of them have been racing for many years. Um, Nicholas Latifi is the only newcomer on this year's grid, so he's the only one going into this, I suppose you could say, blind. Everybody else has quite a bit of Formula One experience. But none of them are going to have driven a Formula One car in, I think it's going to be four months since preseason testing ended and Austria begins. So I do think there is going to be some rust, but that's going to be shaken off in the, in the three practice sessions. I'm not seeing that as a problem. What I am seeing, though, is potential for over-emotions come the starts of, of the first race, uh, which, as I said, that, that could lead to a bit of carnage as everyone just pretty much wants to get off the line as fast as possible, irrespective of whether there's a car ahead of them or not. I mean, it'll definitely be different. You can't assume that every driver is just going to be driving it like it's kind of a the normal start to a season, I guess. Um, looking at it, obviously, first two are both the Red Bull ring in Austria, which, you know, Max Verstappen's won the last two races there. Red Bull have been pretty handy there. Just looking at it at face value, you kind of look at it and you think, if he went and won both those races, he could really put the pressure on uh, put the pressure on Lewis Hamilton, couldn't he? Well, it could be an interesting one because at the moment, those are the only eight races that we've had confirmed. Uh, Liberty Media is still hoping to take Formula One to Asia, the Americas, and finish in the Middle East, but none of that has been set in stone, and no one knows what's going to happen there. It is very much a moving target. Liberty is hoping to to let us know the rest of the calendar in due course, but there is a potential for literally these being the only eight races of the season. So whoever wins the Austrian Grand Prix, one and part two as well, um, is probably well on their way to, to being crowned the 2020 world champion. So there's going to be a lot more excitement and potentially a lot more at stake with each race, which again, that could lead to a lot of hijinks going on out on track. Yeah, I think the the fact that they've picked, uh, you know, made sure that they've got eight races uh, suggests that they're not that confident about getting the season going beyond that. Um, because, you know, obviously you need eight races to call it a season. Um, and yeah, that's the number they've gone for. So, yeah, I think there's there is a good chance that these eight races we're looking at could just be the season. Um, and obviously that would be a huge shame and there'd be a big, asterisk next to the name of whoever won that season but um yeah it's definitely a possibility i mean last night we had the mexican grand prix came out and claimed that that race is still going to go ahead on its scheduled date um but then i mean if you look at everything going on at america in america at the moment then it's hard to see a grand prix taking place there in austin in what like october time so yeah i mean it's hard to tell isn't it you you don't really know what's going to happen um I don't know, do you, do you think that we'll be able to hit a kind of decent 15 to 18 rod race season that they're hoping for? I'd be happy if they could add another five to the calendar and we just have 13 races. I don't think all the events that Liberty Media wants to put on the, on the calendar will be there. Um, for example, like you said, Austin, I think that's pretty much done and dusted. Singapore as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of events that's, the, the situation is still unfolding. You know, some countries are starting to come out of their first sort of wave of coronavirus, while others are going back into a second. So there really is no telling where Formula One could go. And also, are the teams going to want to sit on a plane for eight, nine hours? Um, when I think I heard the other day something to the effect of like you breathe 
You breathe air in the airplane 15 times in the space of an hour, air that's been circulated around everybody else. So I think there are going to be a lot of major health concerns about flying overseas. So yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen. But as I said, if they can find another five races, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good point. I think that the, the factor about flying has to be... Yeah, well, yeah, it has to be considered because if you look at the calendar now, I mean, pretty much you can, well, yeah, you can drive between every race. You know, there's there's no races where there's a big considerable gap between them. You know, you've got Austria to Hungary, uh, Hungary to the UK. I mean, it's, it's all doable, you know, even if even if the, you put a driver on a, on a private jet, maybe, and the team can still all drive. Um so I think it's definitely a factor. And yeah, obviously, they've also come out and said that if a driver tested positive or what, or if there was a positive test of coronavirus on the grid, um, they wouldn't cancel the race. So, I mean, yeah, the teams have got to be be really cautious about um, avoiding that kind of contamination now, don't they? Very much so. I mean, like you said, they have come out and said reserve drivers can take the place. But I mean, that was that was kind of to be expected anyway. That's what they're there for. Uh, but majority of the reserve drivers don't have much track experience at all because of Formula One's limited testing. So the last thing you want to do is have to lose your, your regular driver um, and put a guy who has maybe spent a couple of hours in your simulator in the car. So teams are going to be very cautious as, as to that happening. They're going to want to just ensure their driver's safety. And like I said, long haul flights is probably not the best way to go about doing that. So Formula One might, I don't know, maybe we might have the, the European leg done backwards as a, as the second half of the calendar. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Could they uh, go back over all the ones they've got? Um, and yeah, we, we did also see that they've got some, um, some re- uh, reserve tracks ready to go, such as, uh, you know, having um, a Grand Prix in Germany. Um, so I guess it is an option that we just stay in Europe, um, and I guess it would, in a lot of ways, be a lot a lot safer and a lot more logical to do so. But I mean, you know, there's so many great tracks outside of Europe that obviously we hope that, uh, yeah, we hope that it le- gets to leave the continent. Um, I mean, yeah. So we're talking about you know back to back races and how they could make, how they could be an issue in terms of making the racing pretty dull. Um, well, one idea that's been chucked around. Um, by the FIA themselves, is uh, reverse grid races, obviously, that could uh, replace the qualifying sessions on Saturdays. And it's been pretty spoken about. It's been, I don't know, we've had mixed reactions. Some fans are up for it, some fans aren't. Um, So, yeah, we put out the question on Twitter, you know, what do you think of reverse grid races? Um, And I'll just read out a few responses we got. So we got uh, Chris Williams, who said... I'd rather stick to the usual format. I'm all for trying new ideas, but I think it's best suited to touring cars. Uh, and I like where it's much easier to overtake. We'll see the likes of Lewis, Charles and Max stuck behind the racing point destroying tires. Uh, we've got Renette who says, yes, res- reverse grid of the second race in the same circuit. Doesn't make sense to watch a race the following week in the same circuit and circumstances. Maybe introduce a third car for test drivers. And I'll just read out one last one that we got. So let's go for Alex Rose, who says, I'd love to see an F1 reverse grid race, but probably just once. In the same way, I'd like to see my wife put up a shelf. It'd be fun to watch, but may not stand up to the test of time. Um, (laughs) Reverse grids aren't really F1 under normal circumstances. Uh, Yeah, uh, that one was 
a funny uh, analogy. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and that's pretty much how it's gone throughout the responses we've got. I'd say it's pretty much 50-50 in terms of people liking the idea, people not liking the idea. So um, where do you stand on it, Michelle? I think for the double headers, it would be interesting, um, something new. I don't think it's something that should be considered in a normal Formula One season where we're at one track after another. But for the double headers, definitely something Formula One should be looking at. And just to spice things up. I mean, it is by no means a normal season. So why stick to doing things the normal way? Yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously, if you do it once, it doesn't have to stay in the sport. You know, you just do a trial run. We had the trial run of the the new qualifying format a few years ago. And it is terrible. And we never saw it again. And we've all tried our hardest to forget about it. Um so, you know, I, I don't, if you're ever going to try new things, then I think now's the time in a season like this where you know, we, we've never had back-to-back races before. So why not, you know, try a new format of qualifying with it? Um, obviously, there are certain tracks that it wouldn't work at because you need to be able to overtake. Otherwise, it's just going to be, well, not particularly entertaining, I guess, but I can see, you know, reverse grid race at Austria. I think that would be great. You know, there's a lot of overtaking zones. It's a short circuit. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I don't really see what the issue is um, with just giving it a go, maybe even once, maybe twice. Um, but yeah, the the big issue among the teams is um, Mercedes, isn't it? Because it needed to have unanimous support amongst the grid, and uh, yeah, Mercedes have uh, have opposed it. So, I mean, why have they done that? Well, I mean, if you think about how last season went, there were a lot of 2-1-2 results for Mercedes, both on a Sunday and on a Saturday. So if any team would be penalized by a reverse grid, its chances are it would be Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, but what I find disappointing is if there's any team that has the car to to turn that around and come from, I don't know if they would reverse the grids up to 10 or up to 8 or, or the entire field, but if there's anyone who can come from the back of the field and potentially put the car on the podium or even claim a victory, given that his main rivals, for example, Red Bull and Ferrari, would also potentially be starting 14th, 15th, um, it would be someone like Lewis Hamilton and it would be Mercedes in general. So I, I was quite surprised that they were the team that said no, but they're in Formula One to win championships, not to not to have gimmicks and play around. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the the word fun comes to mind too often for, uh, for, for Mercedes. And uh, yeah, that was the case again there. But I don't know. I, I think as well, what would be great would be, there's always this debate around just how good the drivers at the front of the grid are because they have the best cars and, you know, you never have to see them do wheel to wheel racing as much as the midfield. You don't have to see them do kind of pull off overtakes. Um, you know, I remember when Vettel was there dominating at Red Bull um, and every race is, in like 2011 2013 every race would be him pretty much starting from the front staying at front um and we never got to see him race wheel to wheel um and it's often been the same for lewis hamilton and you, there's claims on both sides that oh well these drivers can't race you know so i think it'd just be great just to just to see 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 how true it is see which ones are, are the best at kind of overtaking um and, you know, maybe Vettel will do it and he'll think, oh, this is it actually isn't too bad driving at the back of the grid. And he'll uh, he'll join Kimi at Alfa Romeo next year, you know. Um, but, I mean, what do you think the chances are of it happening? Do you think Mercedes would maybe change their tune on it or is it uh, is it going nowhere? 
I think it's going nowhere, unfortunately. Um, Mercedes's big bosses were also the people who, I could say, put an end to the Australian Grand Prix when they declared that uh, Mercedes wouldn't be racing and they wouldn't be handing engines to their customer teams. So I, yeah, I don't think they're one for for playing around. You know, they're like I said, they're here to win races, they're here to win championships, and anything that might might upset that apple cart, that's that's not on the grounds for them. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. It's a shame, but um, yeah, it's difficult to see it happening. Um, yeah, one last thing. Do you think we'll get any other kind of ideas to to uh, spice things up a bit for the back-to-back races, or do you think we'll just stick with the normal format once things get underway? I think it is just going to be normal format. Um, it was quite interesting when NASCAR decided to do their back-to-back races. They actually took out practice and qualifying, um, and qualifying began uh, became a, a draw number from the hat sort of qualifying session. <laughs> But I don't see Formula One being open to to following that. We're going to have our three practice sessions. We're going to have our three-part qualifying. And then hopefully we're going to have a great race, at least eight of them, to make up a season. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it is a shame. I would have liked to see something different, um, because why not? But at the end of the day, we've gone so long without Formula One that I'm not going to complain about it being back. Um, yeah, well, that's that for another episode. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Michelle. Doesn't it feel good to talk about F1 officially returning? Oh, that's much better than talking about the potentials of a silly season and what could happen there. But yeah, here's here's to another month of, of silly season rumours and then hopefully some epic racing. Yeah, well, as the countdown's on, um, everyone listening, make sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, for uh, all of the news about the season, about, you know, what's going to happen, what it's going to look like. Um, and, you know, as always... Thanks for getting in touch on Facebook and Twitter. Um, So keep an eye on our Facebook, uh, Planet F1, and our Twitter, Planet underscore F1, so you don't miss the question for uh, our next episode. So yeah, thanks again. Stay same while uh, in the last month of the countdown. We're almost there. See you soon. Bye. At Frank Keen Volkswagen, we've got the complete range of fully electric, petrol, diesel and hybrid Volkswagen cars. And we've got PCP finance from 0% on almost every Volkswagen model in the range. Whatever your needs, we've got you covered. Limited stock available. Visit frankkeenvolkswagen.ie for more information. Finance provided by way of higher purchase agreement from Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland. Subject to lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. See frankkeenvolkswagen.ie. Podcast Network.